0: And the clock rolls once more.
1: Hello. Hi there. How's it going?
0: Ah, It's going okay.
1: Excellent. Hello. Spring, I think spring
0: is going to arrive someday. Someday soon. So, but you continue to bring sun into the studio, so oh, I survive.
1: You're a charmer. Yeah. So sweet. So sweet. Sweet like this beautiful coffee in my hands, which is the lead-in to the topic today.
0: What a segue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or f- what? 30 seconds in, and we're already segueing (laughs) right into the topic.
1: Well, what happened was, on my way here, as I was late in my own way, Mm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a coffee. And usually, I'm really strict about the coffee that I drink. I've been really into um, birds and beans coffee, which a friend of mine works at the cafe in Etobicoke. And I will talk about that cafe, how wonderful the entire concept is behind it, and their living corporate identity is so beautiful. So I... I'm pretty strict on the coffee that I choose, being at Fairtrade, shade-grown, and organic. And um, so today, on the rush, I'm like, "Oh no!" I'm looking for a Tim Hortons, and there's one on every corner. Pretty much. Holy cow! I, I guess I subconsciously knew that, but until I was like needing a coffee, I'm like on the way. I'm like, "Oh, there will be on one on the way." And then I'm like, "Oh, there's one! There's one! There's one! There's one!" I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Mm. And you know, I do. Occasionally buy a coffee like today and but typically I have my own mug and I I don't support McDonald's or anything and they don't take a reusable mug but often um, Tim Hortons will. Right. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'll make that one sacrifice and bring my own mug. And today was zero. It was like no mug. I was totally, <laughs> totally non in my ways today. You
0: should be glad you got here with all four limbs. Oh my guess.
1: gosh. It was like totally, you know, that one slip up. So I didn't have my mug and I thought, okay, it's okay. Forgive yourself that one cup. And um, so that environmental impact, it was a no-no for me today. And... um I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, I'm drinking coffee that's probably really not good for me, not good for the environment, and sustainably, blah. And then it was like, that's the topic for today.
0: Sustainably more. Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of people don't realize that um, coffee is one of the most chemically sprayed products consumed by humans, like one of the most chemically, like, Full impact, pesticide, crazy toxic
2: mm-hmm.
1: product that we consume. And look how much we consume of it. A lot of people like, you know, you. it's okay to have like one to two coffees a day. And a little tip with acidity levels. This is like beautiful tip. I saw this lady on YouTube do this, just a little side note. She puts a little pinch of um, baking soda in the coffee. And it totally neutralizes the acid. She did a pH test before. And after you see the difference, you could look it up on YouTube. So... I always put a little pinch of baking soda to neutralize the acid too. That's just a little side note. Um, so what does it mean to, you know, what is shade grown and all this organic? Is it really worth it? Is it because now I walked into Goodness Me the other day and I was so like appalled. I see the sign. Here I am like buying organic food. I see the sign that says, please note that now organic means less pesticides. I was like, What? Hmm. I was shocked I'm like organic that doesn't mean organic then organic is organically grown without the use of pesticides like it's organic but that doesn't mean that anymore it's hmm. so sad it's so sad when we really have like lost the standard of what things are actually meaning so less pesticide is passing for organic now that's that's appalling it's awful And if you want, I know I'm kind of diverting, but if I think now, if you really want to maintain a healthy non-pesticide, you know, organic living, the best thing to do is find a co-op that's growing food. It's easy to do in Guelph and probably Toronto. You can find a few local farmers, make a little arrangement to do a share with them. Mm -hmm. You can grow your own food, which is, you know very respectable and it takes a lot of patience my parents have this beautiful backyard with all kinds of fruits and vegetables and i admire them i'm like wow you guys are on it mm-hmm. and they're just it's just their old-fashioned ways of like what do you mean i'm gonna grow my own food you know because <laughs> they just like to and it just it's diminishing the standard that we have of food and let's think about how important food is like this is our well need it. our survival mm-hmm. And if we just look at the trends of of health concerns that are on the rise, diabetes, all kinds of like sicknesses, cancers. And I don't know. I don't know the exact linkage, but I would definitely prefer something that's not toxically chemical, like to something that's just beautifully naturally grown. Mm -hmm. And you would think, you know, there's that cost factor. You would think that organic would even be cheaper because there's no pesticides that you need to buy and spray. You would think that organic would be cheaper to
0: well, make. yeah, but it takes a lot more work to keep your crops clean and free of bugs when you can't just drop a plane over it and dust it. True. you got to do it all one by one.
1: And put like all kinds of protecting sheaths on it.
0: Yeah, you got to work.
1: But it's just... Where are we going as a society that, you know, we're just like, okay, that's just chemical this food, chemical this, chemical that, you know, we're losing the organic essence of who we are. We are an organic being, you mm-hmm. know, it's definitely going to change our makeup of our system at one point. It's just all gross. <laughs> it's all gross. And some people are like, oh, I can't taste the difference between organic and non-organic. I totally can. Maybe it's in my mind placebo psychologically but I can totally totally taste a difference and um, there is a list of things that I'll get to that list if you guys are interested you can always look it up online too but there's like a dirty dozen and like a clean list too so economically, if you really want to do organic, but sometimes you really can't get there because it's financially maybe a little double the price or a little I bit less. I was
0: going to ask about that because it's all well and good to want to clean up your diet and support good things. But supporting good things apparently costs a lot of money right mm-hmm. now.
1: And that's the biggest issue it's going to be where we put our dollars that are going to make the difference of the future. So if everyone is like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to spend less. And that's where, as a society, we're putting our money. Then corporations are going to be like, okay, everyone's okay with this. But if everyone is like, I'm not buying that garbage, they're not going to make that garbage. So we have to be like, I think, put your money where your mouth is and... Maybe it is a little bit more money, but I personally think it sets the economic foundation of what people are wanting, and we set that trend. So if no one is buying garbage and pesticide and hormone toxic stuff, all of a sudden there's not going to be a market for that, and things we can shift. We can shift our society back into an organic balance, and then all of a sudden the market will readjust itself, because now everyone wants that organic and that's the demand for organic. So we have to be very careful in how we spend our money because where we spend our money is what's going to give corporations the go-ahead to provide that product. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a little bit more, but in well worth it, not only to our health, but as a society of where we're saying this is what we want. This is the demand. Get rid of this garbage. Mm-hmm. But if we continue to think small-minded, and continue to just buy, you know, this garbage, all of a sudden, it's like, well, there's a huge demand, so here's some more garbage, guys.
0: Sure. Well, I got to ask you something, though, because I got to stick up for the people who who don't have the option. Currently, I am one of those people. Um, If you want to support a less chemically-based diet, um, like a less pesticide-based diet, and you you don't have the option of buying organic food. Like I I simply can't afford to buy organic food right now and continue Mm -hmm. to eat enough through the week. Um, Is there anything you can do to help that movement along?
1: Definitely. So there is a list of the dirty dozen and the clean 15. So basically these researchers, what they did was they got together and said, okay, what is the chemical implication and the residue left over if on a few different vegetables. So they kind of like tested it and said, if you're going to like, which ones hold, if they're sprayed, which ones hold the most, like avoid those and which ones you can kind of get away with because they don't hold that much toxicity. Mm -hmm. So, um, the dirty ones that you should completely really, really take into account. And if you are going to eat them, please consider buying them organic because for your health, It makes a huge difference, so I'll just get into it. So that the dirty list that you should completely avoid, like you don't want to eat them if they're not organic, is strawberries, spinach, nectarines, apples, peaches, pears, cherries, grapes, celery, (laughs) tomatoes, sweet bell peppers, and potatoes. And notice like the skins on these are very light skins. And I remember when I was in Otesha, the uh, beautiful charity uh, a long time ago in like 20, yeah, 2007 207. Anyways, um, I remember we got a presentation of this local farmer in BC and he was an apple farmer and his whole message was, if you're going to eat an apple, you better make sure it's organic. He said that if you eat an apple that is not organic, you are eating pesticide, it's like poison. He was basically saying, believe me, if you're eating an apple that is not organic, it's poison. It's like literally putting poison into your body. And it stuck with me. He was so adamant of like, believe me, guys, I'm an apple farmer. Spend the extra few cents if you're going to have an apple and make it organic. And so that's the dirty dozen that you want to, if you're going to do it, if you're going to eat those, put that little extra money in that. And on the clean 15, which you know, it includes produce, that, produce that's least likely to be contaminated as much as the others. So if you're going to be like, uh, I can't like in your situation where it's like, mm, I got to watch my money. But, you know, uh, what's the, you know, the lesser evil of the list? So sweet corn, avocados, pineapples, cabbage, onions. It says frozen sweet peas, papaya, asparagus, mangoes, eggplant, Honeydew, kiwi, cantaloupe, cauliflower, and grapefruit. So those are, you know, you can get away with, they hold the least amount of pesticides when they're being grown. Mm. And obviously, you know, you can only do what you can, you know, and you don't want to be like going broke just to get your food on the table. Yes. The best thing to do is, I do personally believe in that, the share, those shares, like St. Ignatius. Uh, In Guelph has a beautiful sharing program Mm -hmm. that you can either do a big share a large share or a half share And you can even split that with a few people too Like let's say that you and I wanted to split a share We can even split a half share and what it happens is is that once or twice a week Whatever you sign up for you go there with your little bin and whatever's ready at that time from their farm You just you equally get your little portion every week Right. And then that's what you have to cook with, and it's beautiful because it's local, it's organic, and you're supporting a beautiful initiative. And it's really, really great to eat microbiotically what's around you, because you know the pollens and things like that. It's like eating the honey that's locally really gives you beautiful immune benefits. That if you were to eat things that are not in your in your local vicinity. So research has shown that eating literally local has so many more benefits Mm -hmm. and things instead of just, you know, like, oh, I'll get this from California. If you can get the same thing from your local area, there's more benefits than you think.
0: You can also feel good about um, less truck fuel going into the equation behind that food too.
1: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah, there's so many benefits to that. And so back to the shade-grown coffee, a lot of people are like, well, what does it matter if it's grown in the sun or grown in the shade? So basically, the taste, let's talk about the taste. Coffee beans that mature more slowly in the shade, they naturally increase in sugar content and it tastes enhance the flavor. Like you could already taste it. "Mm, This tastes a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. It's better for your health because in the shade, it's... um, most oftenly organically grown and free of chemicals. So most shade grown coffee is less pesticides, more likely to be organic. Obviously it promotes a healthier environment, especially with, you know, using less chemicals, fertilizers and herbicides. The shade trees, they filter carbon dioxide, which, you know, I guess is linked to, you know, our environment and so-called global warming. And it aids in soil moisture and the retention, and it minimizes the erosion. So, it helps sustain rainforests because chemically dependent uh, soil depletes and it increases erosion, and then all of a sudden rainforests are stripped like from their nutrients, and we don't want that. We want you know everything growing, sustainable, and sure. and promoting that. And they've noticed that um, shade grown. Uh, coffee really attracts a whole huge number of species of birds like 150 species of birds have been identified on shade-grown farms and um, it promotes that beautiful you know um, environment of birds you know and it doesn't it's like bird friendly it's so beautiful whereas the sun sun coffee they see a decline in animals and the species of birds it's not, it's just, it's a beautiful way of just one little thing, supporting, putting your money, if you're going to buy some coffee, just maybe you can make that little conscious effort, oh, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to try and do that, try right. and put my... F-
0: For the sake of perspective, um, what is the difference, like, like, paint us the picture of the difference in setting between a shade-grown coffee plantation and a sun-grown one. What What's the difference in looks, like, to, to the, the untrained observer?
1: Um, I've only seen pictures on um, Google, and I remember one time when I was in Costa Rica, um, seeing a few of the plantations, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I just, the thing that comes to mind when you ask me that is the color of the soil. Mm -hmm. When I saw the two different, um, like the sun-grown coffee plantations, and then I saw the shade ones, the soil in the shade ones looked so rich and dark and, you know, they just so full of goodness, mm-hmm. and the sun-grown soil just looked like, almost like dirt, dry. It just depleted. It looked deficient in some kind of way, just through the eye. Not even like you know, I'm not a scientist. It's just right. literally visible. Okay. And I remember making a mental note that I was like, "Whoa!" Like I could really see that earthly difference. And we again, we want to reverse the trends of chemicals, you know, it's up to us as the creators of our physical world of where we want the future to go, you know, and I really do think how are we going to do that? It's not just with our values, it that's where it starts. But it's really because this is a material world. It's really where we're going to put our dollars and where our dollars are saying, yes, I agree, I will buy that I give into that this is where I put my money. So we want to reverse the trends of chemicals, and we want to reverse, you know, unsustainability. We want to, we want farmers also to benefit from what they're doing. For example, I remember again in Costa Rica, I also went to this um, banana plantation, and it was interesting. These bananas were in these beautiful like I don't know these bags and I was like why are they covered in bags oh these ones are organic I was like oh that's really nice and then I saw the other ones the other bananas they were sprayed and I've also heard that bananas are kind of in that clean list too you don't have to if you're going to make a little sacrifice bananas are kind of protected with the peel and things like that
0: interestingly we actually find I actually find that um where I shop the organic bananas tend to be a little cheaper (laughs)
1: I've noticed that too. I'm like, I always go for the organic bananas anyways. Mm-hmm. And you could be surprised at that. There's actually really good things that I like. I see. And I'm like, you know what? That's reasonable. It's reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Um, so the banana plantation farms, what came most noticeable was the impact of fair trade. And a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean fair trade? And when I was... You know, when I heard this little kind of presentation on the farmers, they were they were explaining fair trade on a very like farm level. It's not like, oh, you know, just support this. They were just they showed how how important it is. If you can buy something fair trade, it makes such a big difference. So they were talking about the cost of a banana. So basically it was like and they did this whole line of like it was a cute. It was like a whole line of people. And they're like, okay. so it started from the store like the first person was the store and the last person was the farmer and all these people in between Mm -hmm. so they're like okay let's say this banana is i don't know this one banana is 35 cents and so it's like okay 35 cents they gave the 35 cents to the first store person the store person gave a few a little bit of the change like kept a little and gave a little bit of the change to um the distribution center and then gave it to The driver then gave it to the warehouse and they just kept going backwards in in the delivery of how it -hmm. gets from farmer to this market, to the store. And it kept going and they kept, so the store kept a little change, gave the rest. And then each person kept a little change all the way, all the way, all the way. All of a sudden, by the time it didn't even, the non, the non-fair trade um, banana didn't even reach the farmer. The money ran out. You saw very vividly that the money ran out way before it even got to the farmer. And they were just saying, these farmers are saying, we can't even make a living. We can't sustain our family. And we're just working for, they're like, what are we even working for? Right. Because, you know, the market is driving things so cheap. Mm -hmm. And it's such a shame. It's like, come on, we we want everyone to have a quality of life. You know, maybe not everyone needs, you know, a Lamborghini and a mansion, but come on, if you're going to eat something, you know, the farmers need to, they need, they They need need lives, (laughs) you know, and we don't realize that we want cheaper things and we want to drive prices lower, but we need to take the responsibility of that too. When we want something cheaper, the effects of down the line, down the line, down the line, the people who are actually the producers are getting really ripped off if anything and then they did the whole thing again with the fair trade the cost of the fair trade and it wasn't even that much more let's say that the banana was like 45 cents by the time it went down the line down the line down the line the farmers actually got a few pennies Mm -hmm. and then it's like it's still a shame that they only got a few pennies but more than zero exactly And that was just the eye-opener. It was like, you know what? When there is something that I can buy fair trade, just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it.
0: So what are the nuances of how fair trade is accomplished? Is that just increasing the end price to the consumer, or is there more to it than that?
1: You know what? That's a good question because a lot of people have told me that, Jen, you know, I'm actually anti-fair trade things because now... There, sadly enough, sometimes when you involve a, um, another party, so now there is a fair trade party that certifies, like even like certified Mm -hmm. organic or certified fair trade.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's sad because sometimes to get that identification and that certification costs so much more money. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are like, well, I am fair trade, but if I go get that certification that has that little label Mm -hmm. to identify, we can't afford it anymore. Right. It's so sad.
2: Hmm.
1: And there, there's a lot of, I've heard from several farmers too, locally, that they have the same um, concern with labeling themselves organic. And they're like, you know what? We are organic, but we can't officially claim it with that little, you know, right. that little symbol. Because that little symbol of certification takes things way overpriced. And it's sad. It's sad sometimes when we get this like corporate, you know, it's almost like that corporate labels there to protect and show people, yes, this is your this is what you're getting. You know, we've certified it. But the cost of that, unfortunately, can take people out of the out of the equation. Mm -hmm. So it's true how much of that labeling and that third party is beneficial I don't know. It's, it's almost like a catch 22. There's our,
0: yeah. Yeah. What I'm asking specifically though, is what makes something fair trade? Like how do you change your process as somebody selling a product to an, to an end buyer? What do you change about that process to make it fair trade, whether with the, the, the certified sticker or not?
1: Mm, Okay. I think it's just in what you're going to, allow as your price and how you're going to distribute the profit. Mm-hmm. So when you have a product, you decide what the price is. Mm-hmm. And when deciding on the price, all all of a sudden, you know, let's say you're a farmer, you need to sell your stuff, mm-hmm. but if someone is lowballing you and you're like, "Oh, I really got to like cheapen my product right. to sell it," all of a sudden they drive the prices really really low and then all of a sudden they didn't realize, "Oh my god, I sold myself short." Mm whereas if they go fair trade they're like no this is the bottom right. line
0: they're committed to setting yeah. up a higher price
1: and they're right. like at this price the farmers get paid uh-huh. at this price the warehouse only makes this and this and this and this right. and like it or not this is the set point right so i think it's like probably a little more confusing and more detailed than that but yeah. i'm th- no doubt yeah but i'm sure that the fair trade is like, this is the bottom line. This is mm-hmm. what we need to sustain these farmers,
0: so it's it's basically just committing to a higher price standard, yeah, cool.
1: and and sticking to it, regardless of the pressure of like, oh, yeah, well, we're not going to buy your stuff because this farm next door right. is selling it selling at this price. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay. Then you know what? We have to stick to our guns, mm-hmm. and we need to maintain our standard of this is fair. And a lot of farmers, on it's like being bullied. Mm-hmm. It's like being bullied. It's like, well, they can't let all this food go to waste. And then sometimes they get bullied and it's like, okay, fine, we'll drop our prices. And then the consequence of that is that the people at the very grassroots level who are actually farming, what are they, poor things, what are they making? It's sure. like, it's so sad. And this, I guess, goes on a economic global level. There's, this doesn't even just pertain to food, it's like in clothing and sweatshops and anywhere where there's like, you know, a huge demand for a, a commodity. Mm-hmm.
0: For a cheap industry.
1: Mm-hmm. So in the positive light of this is we can see how our dollar and you know, some people think like, oh, you know, I can't help, I can't help the situation. You really truly can, if you just take uh, an aware mindset that your dollar is like a vote it's like i'm voting yes i agree with this or it's like no i'm voting no i don't agree with that so it's like yes i agree with the chemicals i'll buy this or it's like no i'm putting my money with the fair trade i agree with this and like i just said if if it's just you you don't know how one person makes a big impact don't worry about what everyone else is doing just do what's best for you. And if you just make those decisions, and everyone, if they only made the decisions for themselves, like each person eventually equates to everyone. Because if everyone has that same mindset I can't worry about anyone else. I can only do this. Here's where my dollar's going. If everyone just thought that and made that better decision to support organic and fair trade, all of a sudden there'd be no market for the junk. And we can flip and reverse the chemical trends that are going on. Hmm. It's like a small, it seems small, but it's really big.
0: I think that's that where the term grassroots comes from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, don't feel guilty, do what you can. Guilt is a low vibration. We don't want to be stuck in like, "Oh gosh, you know, I can't afford this." I'm supporting the stupidness. But, um, you know, we don't want a guilt vibration, but just be like, you know what, I can do this. Focus on what you can do. You know what, I can maybe um, buy a little less groceries, but the environmental impact is way more amazing. Instead of like, you know, maybe your grocery cart, if it's not organic, is like a huge thing. Maybe just, you know, eat a little less, but more quality. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, with the coffee, it's like, okay, I'm going to spend that little bit more on the coffee and maybe, you know, I won't buy, I don't know, junk food for that day.
0: Yeah. To me, it's important to hear about the little changes that can be made Mm -hmm. because very few people can afford to say, I'm turning my whole lifestyle around to support this movement. Mm -hmm. It's not feasible for most of us. So doing the little things is an incredibly important
1: Definitely. Oh, definitely. Especially like, let's just say that you are buying a coffee every day mm-hmm. um, at Tim Hortons. Okay, that's your choice. No one's judging you. But could you bring your own mug? Mm-hmm. Even at the drive thru, I can my mug when I go. It's like, and I say it right when I order Hi, can I get a coffee? Da 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 da. Two milk, one, sh- one honey, and I have my own mug. They're like, okay, you save 10 cents because you don't use the cup. Right. Who cares about the 10 cents? But. Imagine I was one of those people that go every day. Mm-hmm. That's like 365 cups sure. that are not in the landfill.
0: And plus, what is your average travel mug cost? $10, $15? You've paid that back in 5 to 10 coffees.
1: You know, it's just a small little thing and it makes a big difference. Sure. And really, we don't realize the impact of our dollar. That's what it's going to boil down to. It's all going to be, people are going to chase where the money is. Corporations are going to deliver where we want, Mm -hmm. where they see the demand and the money. So we have that, we can make a conscious shift of where we're going to put our money. And if everyone just does that, all of a sudden, uh,
0: it it may literally be where that $1 goes, that mm -hmm. one extra
1: dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If everyone just starts buying organic bananas and all of a sudden there's no demand for those chemical bananas, Mm -hmm. hey, those chemical bananas are, that company is going to be like, huh, I'm not selling bananas. We better go organic. Right. There it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the same thing goes for the meat industry. If you're, if you're um, a carnivore, be very weary. I think it's even more dangerous to eat um, non-organic meats because they're, now you're dealing with hormonal things and antibiotics. So if, you're, um, if you do consume meat... That's my, I would say, make sure your meat is like hormone-free, antibiotic-free, and as organic as you can. You can even, there's so many farmers you can actually like buy some meat from that is, they these beautiful animals get a beautiful, full life. They're treated so well. They're, you know, they're eating grass, you know, they're living their beautiful life. And then at the end, you know, it's a thankful, thanks for your body.
0: Sure. And if that's not affordable to you to get that kind of thing every other day, what you can do is you can look into making your animal meat last as long as you can. You'd be surprised how much food you can get out of a single chicken. (laughs) (laughs) If you Uh, get one decently raised chicken, you can stretch that out into a week of dinners. And you don't have to feel bad about it at the end.
1: There you go. I don't know because I don't do that, but yeah, I... And I would say that the same kind of thing applies. Maybe you won't, you know, you won't eat so much meat, but if you buy a quality, like you said, a quality chicken, maybe you just will eat less of it, like less chicken, not every day, every day. Maybe like now it's like because you bought that quality chicken, maybe it's once every week or every two weeks instead of maybe that garbage meat is cheaper, but then, and you might have that meat every day or every other day. Maybe you'll just do that little sacrifice of same, same amount spent, but just you'll eat it less or fewer times. That's one way of making that little change. And if you really want to look into the environmental impact of meat on the environment, oh my God, it's it will change you into a, a vegetarian. <laughs> so I'll let you guys do your own research on the amount of you know food, the food that it takes to raise this cattle that could be you know serving
0: humanity and feeding it's a pretty intense system yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah not only is the like all that food to raise the cattle could be feeding like world hungry uh, world hunger in a huge level but it's also the the um the waste that the animals mm-hmm. are making oh sure
0: waste needs space needs water needs mm-hmm. cleanliness needs
1: oh the water it's yeah. just oh my gosh when you look at the the amount that it takes it's like oh my gosh and i remember einstein saying Um, when we, when we don't eat animals and when we like respect animals and we change the way we eat, then we'll start seeing peace. Mm. And you see a lot of vegans, very passionate, like we're only going to get peace on this planet if we are vegans, you know, and, you know, I could see, I could see where they're coming from. Vegan is, you know, hard. Mm hmm. But, um, well, maybe not, because I just read this article that's like, it's not as hard as you think to be vegan.
0: It's uh? it's a huge lifestyle change for mm-hmm. most of us.
1: Yeah. But you know what? I went to this vegan restaurant the other day, and the food was so good. I was like, yes.
0: Well, I'm not saying it can't be good. Yeah. It's just not everybody's going to be able to flip the switch.
1: Yeah. So slowly, slowly, slowly. And one thing that you can do is just trim down. Like, if you're eating meat every day, try having a vegetarian day. You know? If you're like, and you can even say, "Oh, I have meat three days a week." Try once a week,
0: or see how far you can stress that chicken.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's do a meditation. Okay. That we're going to consciously align ourselves with our values, and let's consciously open up ourselves to making that better decision. And not just getting like, oh, sucked into that momentary, oh, this is cheaper, I'll just do that. And let's also be attuned to our body. Let's tell our our cells to rid and detox any of the chemicals that we've put in our body. Let's let it go. All
2: right.
1: sitting upright with our straight spine. Our feet grounded on the floor or cross-legged. We're going to flip our palms open to the universe, receiving energy. And any finger that feels natural to just rest on the thumb, any finger point tip to tip. Closing our eyes. Let's align ourselves with our inner frequency the frequency that allows our highest being, our greatest truth, recalling our highest self. And a few breaths, let's bring our awareness to the nose and belly. So as we inhale through the nose, the belly expands with breath. And as we exhale, our belly rests back all through the nose and allowing the light in, let's see, sense, or feel about 200 feet above us, connecting to all that is the source of life. All the fields of energy that make this world and our being possible. That energy that holds the sun in place, that grows our hair and fingernails, that beats our heart. And with our intention that we set in the beginning, Let's allow this beautiful light energy in. With our breath, drawing this into every cell, let it purify all of our cells of any toxic residue. Let this light purify our cells, bringing in this beautiful light energy down our head, face, throat, down the shoulders, arms.
2: Stomach, hips, pelvis, legs, knees, calves, feet, and toes.
1: And let this light purify our blood. just eradicate that lower vibration and that survival instinct, knowing that now we make the wiser, sustainable, healthier, abundant choice,
2: knowing that we have enough abundance
1: within ourselves to make that choice.
2: So let's let this light in with a few breaths.
1: Beautiful, aware, uplifting, conscious vibration within ourselves. Knowing that we are purified, knowing that our future higher self is going to aim for our highest abundant thoughts, our abundant health. Feeling of awareness, consciousness, health, vibration. Sealing it in mentally, energetically, and in our physical well being. And gratitude, thanking all that is, the source of life, thanking our highest self. Lovely. You said it. Also drink a big, big glass of water after this because when we did that detox, we've already told ourselves what we expect. So drink really a lot of water with the intention that you're flushing everything out.
0: I mean, it's always a good time for a big glass of water.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, from my heart to yours, we really truly can make a difference. Every dollar you spend. Little changes. Yep. And that is the beauty. That's the positive note. We really can make a difference. You and your beautiful dollar and your your values and where you're going to say yes to.
0: A lovely note to leave.
1: Thanks, everybody. Many blessings.
0: See you next time, Internet.
1: Bye. So, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.genix.com. That's J E N I K Z.com. You can always email me at at infogenix.com. Also, you can catch us on Facebook, also, Instagram, and Twitter at Genix. Thank you so much. Namaste.